Hey everybody, this is Billy West, and um, the things I do today, all these voices and everything else, movies, television, radio, oh man, you name it, I've done it. And I work with a bunch of big dumb disc jockeys, and they used to have voices like Zap Brannigan, and they say, 20 minutes past 7.30, eh? And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night Dip. You're home for this sort of thing. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. I, I kind of like your place for this sort of thing. That's kind of what we are. Good evening, and everybody, and and welcome. And wherever you are, that's where you are. Welcome to you. Talkcast two sixty four here at Sci Fi Saturday Night, deep in the frozen fortress of solitude in Area fifty one. I am Chief Pontificator of the Dome. Joining the talk, wow! Joining the talkcast tonight, the rest of the gang of four, in the Revere Tire, Revere Time Vortex. Okay, you know what? I'm going to slow down just a little bit. Do we need to start over for the third time? No, no, we'll be fine. I Ready? mean, we can. I know okay. we could. But right. No, no, I'm going to work through this live. Is it? Is it a tongue twister of a tube tie? It is. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to put my radio voice on and go, in the Revere Time Vortex, our technical omnivore. She runs everything behind the scenes and is proof you can hear her cutter, muttering curses or cuttering nurses. Like <laughs> How's that radio nurses. voice working out for you? Oh, <laughs> kind of blows. So I'm your genius, Kriana. I am. have nothing. Good. <laughs> From the stacks of her personal calm space in the dank dungeons, only indoor winter's Zen garden, where she's meticulously growing artificial snowflakes, our current kitty poker champion, Zombrarian. I would like to apologize to the city of Boston. I'm beginning to think that the last month and a half was because I once said that I didn't think Frozen was that great. Because <laughs> it's not. It's a shitty movie. Elsa can suck my dick. It's terrible. The only redeeming quality of that movie is Adina Menzel, and even that. Really? really? Yeah, yeah really. really. She's kind of raspy, don't you think? No, no. not at all. <laughs> From a galaxy not as far away as you might think, the woman in chainmail, pondering soap bubble distribution aspect ratios, and how they intersect with tetrahedrons and circular logical frameworks. Also, it's a big crush on Agent Carter. It's for Sarah Lady Night. I don't ever want to leave my apartment again until spring, you guys. Yeah, no shit. I don't think any of us do. <laughs> Who leaves their apartment? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> like, That's wait a minute. I thought we were post leaving. Like, don't we? Aren't we all just sort of honeycombed in, and we don't like cocoon? I mean, Boston is kind of a post-apocalyptic wasteland right now. Like, we have no public transportation. Like, trans. Uh, whoa, what is that even word that I was trying to say? Commuters are going insane and killing each other. It's fine. 
Wait, did someone kill someone else? No, that was that was being facetious. She it's was really plausible, are. though. It's really plausible, <laughs> right? Um, there's this article yeah. in I don't know some sort of Boston online newspaper that someone like spoofed it and was like it's actually Boston is actually turning into a wasteland and like people are eating each other and I was like that's good that's that seems yeah, plausible not, not plausible. quite happening yet but we're getting closer by the minute hey but you Our know the MBTA tonight. plans to open most service by Monday only a week later it's it's yeah. planning yeah, yeah. It's not but full service happen. that won't happen for a month yeah. ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Full service. What? The fuck is that? Our guest tonight from Storied Threads, Veronica Bailey. Veronica, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And we met you at Rhode Island Comic Con, I think, wasn't it? Yes. That is correct, yeah. And we're going to talk about who you are, what you do, and all the cool stuff that you add there. And, and all of the stuff that you've made that I own. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing yeah. to hear. Do you notice that yeah. usually is the way it works? We find something really cool, we buy it, then we have them on the show. Ugh. Everybody wins. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but we're going to start the show uh, normally with news, but don't, don't cue the news thing. No, no, no news cue yet. Because normally we would do that. But first, we want to bring in at the top of the show, Jesse Rablewski. Jesse, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. What's up, everybody? Nice to have you with us. Thanks for having me. We're talking about things and then other stuff, so we thought you might like yeah, to join so us in that. We're going to get to the things right now, I think. And later uh, on, the other stuff. Then later on, we'll do some stuff, because <laughs> that stuff is good. Okay. Jesse joins us from uh, Long Island, uh, where I actually grew up in Massapequa Park, but that's a whole other story. It's not any uh, any warmer down here. So. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot less snow down there. Let's be honest. It doesn't really matter at this point. Any snow is uh, oh, oh, it does. Oh, oh, it does. <laughs> Trust me, you cannot see around the drifts. There are no sidewalks. There are people wandering in the roads. It matters. With plastic bags from from Stop and Shop, going. I don't know why it's frozen. I don't understand this. Anyhow, we got an email from uh, a group that Jesse's uh, a part of about a place called Collector's Kingdom in Long Island. Now, Collector's Kingdom for 30 years was kind of like fanboy heaven for everybody on Long Island. And fangirl, excuse me. We do not use those gender fan terms here. Excuse me. Fans. Fan. Thank you. Fans of all genders, shapes, sizes, and also proclivities. Colors. Colors? <laughs> yes. Teeth, tooth shape, ear shape, you know, sexual organs, genetic makeup. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Fan. Mm. Indeed. So Continue. let's talk a little bit about uh, what Collector's Kingdom was. Certainly. Passing it out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's been, uh, it's been kind of the, uh, the Mecca in central Long Island for about, uh, 25, 30 years. Um, I actually met the owner in, uh, another life of mine when I was working in a hospital about 15 years ago and, uh, you know, very kind of corporate job and, uh, trying to be professional. And then I, uh, he let it squeak out that he owned a comic book shop and uh, I was like, did we just become best friends? Yes. And uh, we've been buds ever since. 
But unfortunately, um, in January, uh, the total shop burned down. Uh, nothing left. All those awesome statues and back issues burnt to a crisp. Um, so we are doing what we can. We have uh, some social media and uh, marketing powers to hold a, uh, an awesome event at our uh, office and uh, try to have uh, you know some funds raised. He has a separate Indiegogo uh, campaign to kind of help us rebuild the uh, kingdom. And uh, just kind of combining efforts uh, and have some fun. We're going to have uh, a ton of prizes donated by comic book artists and people in the industry. Um, there's going to be a battalion of stormtroopers. We're just added a cosplay contest. And uh, since I am a fan person, my office uh, has a full arcade in it. So uh, it's free to get in. Obviously, uh, if you're coming, please do come and plan on donating uh, to some raffles and having a good time. But uh, it's all 100% going to uh, help rebuild uh, the kingdom. Now, the cool thing is, as I understand it, the group that you are a part of is just like people. It's not like people who have been in the shop, who know the shop, who know the people. Absolutely. That's it. That's a hell of a thing you guys are doing. You call generations beyond well that is my uh, my actual day job uh, we oh, are cool. a web design and marketing firm um, and my office probably uh, looks like collector's kingdom in its early days wall-to-wall pop art prints and toys and comic books and like I said the arcade so there's literally no better place to have uh, this event it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good time so this is happening. The Indiegogo campaign is happening. In the Indiegogo between the campaign two- is happening now. Uh, the event is on February 27th. It starts at 7 p.m. It's a Friday night. We're going to be hanging out all night. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got tons of stuff planned. So uh, you can make it come on down. If not, you can buy raffle tickets uh, on the Indiegogo page. So you can still uh, get in on some prizes. We have an Instagram feed. Every time uh, an artist or someone donates a prize, we do a little video on it. So you can see everything that's going up for auction. We're doing that every day. And uh, if there's any contributors out there that want to be part of the uh, part of the campaign, part of the effort, uh, just reach out to us. All the info is on the website. Uh, I see it's linked on our uh, page. So thank you very much. It's uh, generationsbeyond.com slash comics. Easy to remember. Yeah. And we will have the links to that the Indiegogo campaign, and everything else uh, for all our listeners to be able to go to both on our website and on our Facebook page, which I think it's already on our Facebook page, but we'll do it again because we can. And my favorite thing is being able to pronounce the town you guys are in. Give us a shot at that. (laughs) Ronkonkoma? Ronkonkoma, very good. So you got my last name and my town. I love ordering things over the phone. It takes me forever. <laughs> Just spelling it could be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how much is it that you guys are looking to do? I believe the target goal is uh, 25000 Uh I believe we're at about 5000 already. Um, and hopefully uh, the event night will put us over the top. So it's Friday coming up in a week and a half, the 27th, 2005 at 7 o'clock at Generations Beyond in Ronkonkoma, New York. 
Uh, if you're on Long Island and you're listening to us, you, you should be on your way there. Don't be listening to us. Go have fun. Spend some money. Reopen Collector's Kingdom. And it sounds like a cool place. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good time. Um, if you guys uh, want to escape the three-foot snow and only come down to one-foot snow, we'd love to have you. Eight feet, but who's counting? <laughs> All of us. <laughs> we pretty much are. So can you uh, come back to us at some point and let us know how things are going when the store is opening and anything else that we can do to help to uh, help promote it, we'll be more than happy to do. Absolutely. I really, really, really appreciate the support, guys. Not a problem. I wish it was more than we could do, but unfortunately, the tea is not even working. So we couldn't even get on public transportation. <laughs> we're snowed in. We're snowed we're under. Snowed in. There's snow in places yeah. we didn't even know that snow could go. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's uncomfortable. I <laughs> need an adult. Not pretty exciting. Just saying. Oh, Lord. What should we do now? Well, well, Kriana, I think, and I'm just guessing at this, but it might be time for the news. Yay, now I can go back to farting around on the internet. <laughs> Hello, uh, yeah. Reddit. Just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Are you? <laughs> now, as we started off the news for the past five weeks, Sir Sarah's Agent Carter Weekly Report. Oh my god, you guys. I can't believe we only have one more episode. I don't think I'll, I'll survive this. Well, then you just get to start over, sweetie. True, true. Um, I I haven't pre-ordered the Blu-ray yet, but it's close. It's coming. Hmm. Um, and This, yeah, this, this thing you say, coming. physical media, I, I don't know what that is or its purpose. Yeah, but I like to have shiny physical copies of things because I'm weird. You are. It's okay, though. I this still love you. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yay. You like it, Ray. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, this week, I mean, I, I just have a lot of feelings about everyone, and I really have a lot of feelings right now about Dottie. Um, and just, she's so great. Like, you guys know how much I want a Black Widow movie. And I well, yeah. feel like Dottie isn't the Black Widow movie that I want, but she's the Black Widow that I love. And She's the Black I, Widow I that you deserve. Exactly. I mean, Peggy right now is, is the hero both that we want and that we deserve. Um, but, I mean, you guys, Dottie just, like, is crazy all over the place. And I love it. I love crazy ladies. They're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm I'm fine. I have no problems at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I don't think this week was my favorite. I think last week's was still my favorite. But I think that if we don't get a second season on this show, then what the fuck is wrong with everyone? Did you feel like this show was more of a? Kind of a, a teaser to the end game, whatever that is, and I'm not sure what that is at this point. Yeah. I feel like it was. I feel like this episode was a little bit of a placeholder, and I, I, there were some really great moments in this episode, like Jarvis and Peggy in this episode. Their rapport was so great. 
like they're snarking back and forth. I was like, this is great. This is my favorite friendship. Now go kiss Angie. But like, I did feel like it was more of a setup episode than kind of a, a, a well-rounded episode in its own right. But, you know, it, the reality is there hasn't really been a whole lot of setup episodes. There have been setup moments, uh, but they've been, you know, kind of bracketed as really incredibly good acting, good characters, good moving the plot forward. Uh, this was, in some ways, kind of a letdown. Yeah, but it well, was I also time to catch your like breath part of it. Yeah, I feel like part of it was that it focused a lot on the characters that I don't care about. Like, Chief Dooley. Like, he had a great death scene. Okay, that's fine. But, like, I don't care about his he life. He dies? Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm so glad I watched this. I mean, I have an episode behind. I really don't care. I just I just wanted to I know. Uh, Chief Dooley dies. That, that's probably uh, for the best. He's kind wait, of an the idiot. The bomb guy jumps out of a window. The Chief, what? Heather. Zombrarian. The Who Chief. Not, oh. not Agent Fuckboy. I wish I was really, really rooting for Nadia to kill Agent Fuckboy in this episode, and she didn't. And like, I know it's because people. Wait, wait, that is that the blonde one that really killed pretty? the Japanese soldiers? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah I hate him. But you know who I hate more, and and this oh. I think is actually the worst character on the show, um, Daniel. Oh, I don't mind. Daniel. Okay, and he, but here's why: at least Agent Fuckface is what he is. Like, he is what he is, he makes no apologies, but he's adaptable in situations. Daniel has no spine. And not because he's missing a leg, he's not missing his spine, he should be able to, like, he can still be badass without a fucking leg. This is possible. My problem with that is that I'm really partial to Enver Jokai, because he was Victor and Dollhouse, and he, like, really great. I know, you want to love him, but But in in the last episode that I saw, you know, he, basically, Peggy is over and over again, showing him that she's betraying him, and he just lets her freaking go. Yeah. I'm I like, wanted to ring his... At least the other one gave a good shot at catching her. I mean, obviously, he's no match for her. But right. he did the, not half-ass that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's oh, not... The nice thing is Daniel was just sort of like, sad puppy! And I was like, fuck you and your sad puppy. Whack her with your crutch. Like, Peggy is, um, like, hostage. Well, not really hostage. She's their prisoner, basically, because she fucked up. Well, no, they fucked up, and she's taking the blame for it. And she calls them on their shit, because they're trying to interrogate her. And she's like, yo, like, you put me on this pedestal, and then you see me, like, now as this, like, betraying whore. And, like, that's too bad for you, but that's not who I am, so fuck you. And it was just, like, this great scene where she was just, like, you put me up on the pedestal and, like, but also ignored me. So I was able to get away with this under your noses because you literally do not see me as a person. Yeah, that was a great scene. It was so great. And I was like, yes, yes, Peggy, call them other shit, do it. In the meantime, I have lady problems. Can I go? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> And gets away with that line of crap, too. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, if it works, yeah, use it, right? Yeah, right? Am yeah, I right? And it worked over I mean, and yeah, over again. Something worked to your advantage in that situation. Right? I mean, if they're going to take you for granted like that, you, you, okay, what can I use to my advantage? Right, mm-hmm. that. You know? Manipulation. Yep. 
you know. Amazing. Do what you got to do. Since you are the the champion of Agent Carter, with yes. one episode left, what are we going to do after that? Cry. Watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, just cry at Sky. Just be like, my precious superhero baby, why are you so wonderful? It's gonna it's gonna turn from me yelling about Peggy to me yelling about Sky. Also, there's that Netf- <laughs> that Netflix series that's gonna come out that we're gonna watch, right? So right, Daredevil. But that's yeah, all that, no, one no, day. the other one, no? the other one. What was the other one? Jessica Jones. That one, yes. Yeah, that was gonna be great. That the one that David Tennant Yeah, do we know when that one's coming out yet? Do we do we have a no, release date? You know the one about that girl with a completely forgettable name. <laughs> Whoops. It's okay. Uh, She's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. Yeah. It's going to be good. So we have things to look forward to. That's true. We do. More ladies. We do. Not Marvel as sexy as Agent Carter, but, you know, you take what you can get. But it's okay. I mean, Kristen Ritter is not too shabby. Mm, There's no Haley Atwell. Like, I'm, it's hard. I know. I, I mean, like, Haley Atwell. Come on. She's <sighs> the epitome of class, grace, and amazingness. And goofy as fuck, though. And she will kick your ass. So And she will. Even she, right anyway. back until Sarah said goofy, I was like, Are we forgetting Agent May or just ignoring her? Like what's going on here? Fair. Fair. Goofy well, and I understand. Well, okay, but no, like Ming Na is the biggest nerd ever. I love her so she, much. I love her so much. Oh my god. She's amazing. You know, I gotta say one thing that, that Marvel has done with these TV shows is give us some really good, strong woman characters. Really quality And not characters. just strong, but, like, really more Full. real. Yeah, Full, like, yeah. well-rounded, and they have, you know, they have their downfalls, and they have their issues, but... And one thing that Marvel does actually pretty well, even with their limited cast of female characters, which still is more than we've gotten anywhere else, is that they don't pit their women against each other. They support each other. Right. And that's really important. Like, we're seeing it, we see it so much, like, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh my god, um, when What's-Her-Face, you know, Peggy's friend, covered for her, I was like, you go, girl! Right. You exactly. go, girl! Like, that was so, like, she didn't even, like, Angie didn't even need, like, any information. Peggy was like, they're here for me, and, Pe- and Angie was like, I got you, girl. Like, I'm, yep. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna protect you. And no explanation. I think that like, is actually the literal line. Yeah, right? Exactly. And, yep. like, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, May completely took over, like, as an SO for Sky and, like, looks out for her and takes care of her, but also, like, tries to help her stand on her own. And, but also Sky, took care of Coulson when he was lost as well. Right, but I'm, I'm specifically so, talking I mean, about, like, strength, female friendships. But her strength as, as a member of that team is the same as Haley Atwell's strength as Agent Carter. It's just yeah. amazing. You know, and I yeah. feel like that's something that's actually missing in society. I feel like women as young girls are encouraged to be catty and backstabbing. Right. And exactly. But, like, as we grow older, we kind of realize that that's, you know, we try to form, hopefully most of us, there are some that probably don't, but it's important to, to show that in shows that that is a viable way well, for I, women I mean, it to just produces women who are like, I don't like girls. And you're like, what, what does that even mean? You are a girl. Like, what does that right. even mean? Yeah. Um, but, but then, you know you go to Mount Holyoke and everything is wonderful. And you realize that the world is can be an awesome place. If only there were no men in it. 
Right? Sorry, Dom. Not right. I really appreciate that. Well, you know, just saying. Just saying it like that. I mean, men are really useless. (laughs) I mean, that's just basically the fact here. I mean, we tolerate their existence because some people like to play with them, but. Yes, I, I just demoted men. I just demoted men from people. If you were listening, um, yes, I mean, yeah. isn't that pretty much what society does for women, though? It, so. it is. That that was my ironic right. point there. But exactly. thanks for explaining. So they, I appreciate you're, that. You're welcome. Thank you for explaining. <laughs> That's Hearts my and kisses. Dog, by the way. Hearts and kisses. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Zombrian, what, what was that shirt that we were all mad about the other day? It was supposed to be this like empowering shirt that someone posted up on Facebook about Mount Holyoke College. And the first six, I only read the first three comments because they were all like, um, no, read the comments. no, 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 you have to read the comments because they're all from Mount Holyoke women saying, do you want me to tell since I remember? Yeah, yeah, happens? please go ahead. Say what the shirt is. You didn't right say now you're telling a very big story. Oh, fine. I, I don't remember what the shirt said. So you, you go for it. The shirt said, if you, if you love a Mount Holyoke girl, raise your hand if you don't raise your standard and every single comment following the Facebook picture of this said it's woman, not girl. Yeah. Obviously. Into the fact that there was a missing comma, which had also bothered me. Um, (laughs) I know, right? Mount Holyoke women, our standards are much higher than that shirt. So if you're caught wearing this shirt with the missing comma with girls on it, no Mount Holyoke woman will date you. At least the two straight ones. The two two straight ones, anyway. Right? It's fine. What? Haley Atwell? Huh? Who? What? <clears throat> Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> now that we bashed an entire gender for no apparent reason. Oh, I think there's a reason. For all of the reasons. Would you like I'm us sure to go into it? We could go into it if you'd like. Let's not, because it's way too much fun not to. Kickstarter of the Moose this week. I have a Kickstarter. Actually, I want to mention two of them. Uh, two weeks ago, I mentioned Exploding Kittens, which is this wonderful card game that they wanted $10,000 for, and they're now over $7 million with uh, about a, a day to go. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, and it, it's this wonderful thing. By the time the show airs, it may well be over. So if you missed Exploding Kittens, you missed an incredibly cool game. The game I wanted to talk about was Family Arcana, a story in cards by Jen Berry, uh, which is uh, a Kickstarter that opened this morning, so it'll be about two or three days old by Saturday. They need $2,800 for their goal, and they're already at $12,000 in less than a full day. So it's uh, it's already been funded at this point. But it looks to be a wonderful story card game about a haunted family written on a poker deck and you deal out cards to make stories, I'm guessing. I 
and it looks kind of interesting. <laughs> okay. Very good. Is that all? So where does anybody else want to go from well, here? Zombrarian? Zombrarian wanted to talk about The Walking Dead. Oh, I heard my name. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's talk about The Walking Dead. All yes. right. Go for it, then. Okay, so you know how you guys are all like, oh, God, Zombrarian, you're still watching The Walking Dead. And Stay the in the house, Dead Carl. Was... Sorry. Stay in the house, Carl. <laughs> Um, Carl is also, like, six feet tall now. It's adorable. Anyway, so, Walking Dead was kind of reaching the point of my relationship with Glee, which I un-PCly call my abusive relationship with Glee, because every week I go back to it, thinking it will change and get better, and every week it hurts me. That's why I'm Walking Dead after who. Yeah, and Walking Dead was starting to move toward that but you guys the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead holy shit you should watch it because you don't need to well I mean you can know what was going on in the story beforehand if you want to but it's just they've gone back to everything that made it so good at the beginning. The cinematography was gorgeous. The, the sound design was amazing. Not just the music, but um, sorry, I fell asleep there for a minute. This very seamless um, woven-in sound noise that was like added to the emotional impact of the episode like crazy. It was well written characterization was phenomenal and my one and only complaint with the whole thing is that amongst Walking Dead fans there is this running joke that since it takes place in Georgia there can only be one black guy at a time and every time a new black guy appears the old one must die oh good and for a while, oh God, we thought that they were doing better with that because there were three. <gasps> wow, three. And spoiler alert, between, <laughs> between the uh, mid-season premiere and, the, um, and a couple episodes before the mid-season finale, two of them died. Oh. So, so to sum this up, they're back to one. There, there was a zombie. No, or two, oh. maybe two. what? No, but I thought it was a zombie show. It is, and that was the other thing is that they finally started moving away from humans are the real evil, and mm. are getting back to how do you deal with. And they're starting to deal with this. How do you deal with a world where fighting zombies has become a mundane and normal normal thing? And how do you kind of reconcile that with what you thought your life was? And it's a much better path that they're taking. Nice. And I'm happy. And they have redeemed themselves. And they have rewarded my loyalty, so Zombrarians, 
brains of approval for Walking Dead. Brains. 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 So one of my favorite movies, uh, and I guess I'm going to have to watch Walking Dead now because I stopped watching it about... Do you? Like, yeah. You have to at least watch that episode. I'm going to give it a shot because I really liked it for a while. Regardless of what Kriana thinks, I really liked it for a while. It, it was it good for a while, for like half tedious, a season. It, it was good for so, half a season. So I'll give I'll give the mid season premiere a try and see where it takes me. One of my favorite movies of this past couple of months, Big Hero Six, and I know Sir Sarah liked it too. I just promoted the Blu-ray of that last night. <laughs> you have a problem. Uh, what? Me? No. Yeah, Buying no. stuff? No, not at no. all. I'll tend to do that. Self-control? What? Like the three Harley Quinns that came into the house this week. Again. Oh, okay, so I'm not the only one with self-control issues here, alright? Let's be clear. Not at all, my dear. Not at all. You've oh, got conventions. You understand yeah. me. Right. <laughs> so they're talking about a big okay. hero six. And I think that would be wonderful. I just want that movie forever. That's so cute. It's, I've watched it like five or six times already, and I just really like it. It's hey, fun think- characters, it's great animation, and it's a neat story. Why does this article say that it's frozen for boys? What? I know, it's a stupid article. Why, 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 but... They called it in the article, not that I agree with that in any way, shape, or form. But that's wrong. It's totally yeah. wrong. Nothing should be frozen for both. <laughs> or or yeah. Gender. Nothing, nothing should be frozen. Period. Well, okay. I was going to say nothing should be gendered, but you guys know that show, The Last Man Earth? No. It's coming out. Okay, it's no. like the worst show ever. The premise yes, is literally Kriana that I keep saying I want to see. Oh, sorry. really? How do you want to see yeah. it? Why? What's wrong my with point, you? My point, though, is that the things that he does are so stupid and awful oh, that I'm like, of course, the man is doing that. <sighs> no, that show makes me really mad, and I wanted to not exist. <laughs> it looks like the worst thing ever. It kind of does. Mm. Kind of does. I'm sorry, Kriana. I mean, no, I wanted to see it, Zombrarian. I'm sorry that you wanted to see yeah. it. Yeah. Don't you do that to yourself. You guys make fun of Walking Dead too. I don't make fun about The Walking Dead. That's fine. That doesn't look do. like it has a stupid premise. I do. Well, you're a special case. I know. I'm a special <laughs> snowflake. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps telling me. Yeah. Hey, Doug Jones is going to be on Arrow in two weeks. Yeah. Weird because Doug Jones is so much taller than anybody else in that cast. The entire world. Did I tell you guys that he's the only person that I've met that he kissed my hand and I was okay with it? Because I'm still not over that. That man could kiss any part of my body. Right? He's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He curled himself around you, as I recall, Kriana. Mm-hmm. No, that was me. Yeah. Oh, you're right. With you. Well, I mean, he kind of does it with everyone. 
Are you kidding? He hugged me. He's so and I wonderful. back because he's a wonderful human being. He is just great. He's a pretty, pretty princess. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's precious. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing hey, him on Arrow in two weeks. Um, in really quick news, it looks like they just cast my favorite male X-Men. Nightcrawler. Oh, yes, Nightcrawler. they did, actually. My fave. I just saw an article about it. Let me post it here. Um, I don't... I've never heard of him before, but he's cute, I guess? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. So, that could yeah. be your job for next week's show. Find out all you can about the guy that cast for Nightcrawler. I will do all of the research and not stalk him. Okay, wait a little bit. <laughs> all righty. So, uh, when we were at Rhode Island Comic Con, uh, all of us went on like shopping expeditions. And, and as spent, one does at conventions. As one does at conventions, even ones that they're actually working at. So we would spend our time between getting interviews, meeting uh, meeting our listeners, and, and spending copious amounts of money. And somebody dragged me over to Veronica Bailey's uh, area where she had storied threads and just kind of went, cool stuff. And we went, yeah, let's have her on the show. So Veronica Bailey, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Oh, you've listened to us for 40 minutes and you still think it's good to be here? That's fine. kind of scary. Well, you know, I'm used to talking to lots of people at cons. You always have to be nice. <laughs> do you? Yeah, you kind of <laughs> do. You want them to spend money with you? It's uh, for the best. Got it. So, talk about... My dad about... is only half-making stuff and half-salesmanship, half so... <laughs> So talk about Storied Threads. How, how did it come about? Uh, storied Threads actually began, it began in 2006. I had been the costume designer for a couple of different Renaissance fairs in the New England area. And I realized one day that that was what I loved. And working in an office never was. And so I started Storied Threads as a costuming business, um, making garb and whatnot to sell at run fairs. And at some point, I decided to buy an embroidery machine. It was a whim. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. I thought maybe I'll put some skulls and crossbones on the ends of pirate sashes. Uh, and then I had one customer ask me for patches. And everything took off from there. I started making patches inspired by all kinds of geeky and pop culture inspired things. And that the company evolved from there to where that is now the focus of what I do. And I sell patches and bags and scarves and ties and all manner of embroidered things. And I do still make costumes and sell at Renaissance fairs, but even there I've got a giant wall of patches and embroidery and such. Have and you noticed that at conventions where there are customers and, and, and cosplayers and cosplayer things happening, there are, the the distributors who have everything wrapped in plastic, uh, mass-produced, yada, yada, yada. And then there is this group 
of artisans. That's yeah, definitely. I mean, the, every convention I go to, I feel like there's half a dozen or more people, depending on the size of the convention, selling Funko Pop figures and imported anime stuff and all that sort of thing. And I always, I'm so focused on the art of it because it's what I do. I sort of tend to not even focus on them. I spend more time shopping in Artist Alley where I know people are making their own stuff. Um, I think it's great that that kind of that kind of business can grow up in this culture and, and become a thing at conventions and such. Now, how much of what you sell at a convention is handmade? Everything that I make is made here in my studio or by my assistant, Kate, who works with me at some of the shows. Uh, we embroider everything here uh, right in my studio, and then everything is also made by us. So, like... When I sell bags, it's not that I bought a bunch of bags in bulk from someplace that mass produces them and then just added embroidery. I actually cut the pieces, embroider them, stitch them together myself. Everything is done from the ground up right here. So everything is ground up by you? Yep. <laughs> yes, like a mortar and pestle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's kind of incredible when you think about it. It's definitely incredible. There are times where I look around and just go, how did I even find the time to make all of this? And other times when I go, I don't have the time to make everything I need. <laughs> I never go to a convention with everything I wanted to get done. There's always stuff unfinished in the studio when I leave. How do you determine like what your next thing to make is? Like, Is it um, suggestions or is it things that you kind of watch and enjoy or is it a combination of the two? Or it's something definitely else entirely? a combination. A lot of times it's stuff that I love and something about it inspires me. A lot of times it's also com either conversations with friends about what's going on or conversations with people at cons. Um, I try to almost all of what I make is something that I love in some way. A lot of times I do have people ask me about making things that that are from a game or a show that I've never seen. And I'm like, if I experience that and I love it, I might be able to. But I like being able to talk about the things that I'm making, to talk about why I love them. So I don't like to make things from a fandom just because it's popular. I want to really have a connection to it myself when I do things, too. I like that. I really like that. That's nice. It's. it's I mean... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. There's a flip side to this, too, and that is the pricing that you bring to conventions and the pricing on your website is incredibly reasonable. Thank you. I really try. It's hard to know sometimes what the good balance is. I mean, some people are so caught up in the price of these mass-produced things that they look at a patch that costs $9 and they think, oh, that's so much for just one patch. They don't realize how much time it takes me and the cost of my materials as an, as an individual person. Um, I actually at a convention just about a year ago was selling a bag to somebody. And these were like young girls. They were probably late high school age, maybe. And she had bought a bag for me. It was a $33 bag, which is a pretty reasonable price. And one of her friends came over and saw the price of what she was buying. And literally with a sneer on her face went for that little thing. And I was like, yes, for that little thing that I designed and I made and I embroidered with my artwork on it. So, yes, 
$33 for that little thing. <laughs> so I think there are definitely people who don't appreciate what goes into it because they're so used to being able to get everything from Amazon with Amazon prices and Amazon shipping times and that sort of thing. So it's good to know that that I'm striking the right sort of place with that. I, th I think the important thing is that you, you have to consider that this is not mass produced. This is artisans at work. And that yeah. makes a whole difference in what you get. It absolutely does. Um, and it might not always be something you can afford. I know there are plenty of artists who I love and I'm like, I understand why it's priced that way. I can't afford it. But oh, no I appreciate, kidding. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. the time that went into it um, and why that price would be fair. One, someone that I follow, I forget who yeah, it was. I, I, I think it was, it was Shauna McGuire. She was, um, Shauna McGuire was talking on her um, Tumblr. Someone asked her, like, well, what do you think is like a reasonable price for art? And she was talking about kind of a sense of entitlement and, like, how some of her artist friends have art that they've created that is a lot of money because they've put a lot of work into it and it's worth that money. And, sh and Shauna was talking about how, you know, if you can't afford it, then don't buy it but there is someone out there who can afford it and artists should be paid for their work because it's so much of them and it's a part of them and they've they've worked hard and, and they deserve to be paid for that um and i thought it was a really a really great argument and especially because there's you know i, I follow a lot of blogs that are like um the uh, what is it from clients from hell where it's like people are like well uh, I could probably do this in Photoshop in five minutes and it's like well no you hey, can't it, you're right be like, my someone, guest right if someone can make something can do a sketch in in five or ten minutes that's because of all the years of work that they've put into mm -hmm. it and they're that's making what it look easy for. it's not actually easy right they're making exactly. it look easy. easy. Yeah, so I like sticking sticking to your guns and saying, yes, I, this is what it's priced because I deserve that. I think that's Now, really I, important. I get kind of the same thing, Zombarian and I, uh, when we're out in, in the world knitting and, and someone comes across us knitting a particularly pretty shawl or something and says, how much do you charge? And I start laughing and saying, you couldn't afford me because I am a particularly slow knitter. And yeah. <laughs> um, my my day job rates are particularly nice. So for you to pay me to knit something, plus the cost of the yarn in general mm -hmm. is much higher. L well, let's say a shawl that takes maybe one ball of sock yarn could be upwards of $40 just for the yarn. Just the yarn in a little ball waiting for me to knit it. Never mind the, you know, two hours a night for a month or two months, that I put into it. So, I laugh and say, you can't afford me, and people get all huffy, which is why I prefer to gift my knits, because then... Because then it's your choice, and you exactly. made something you love for somebody that you want to give it to. And I only and give it to people different. who have demonstrated their knitworthiness. You can get <laughs> off that list in a myriad ways. You can get off that list very easily. You know, I, I'm particularly Speak attentive. <clears throat> Speaking of which, I wore that hat today, Zombrarian. <laughs> that wonderful hat, which See, kept very the dome, good. dome nice and warm. And <laughs> I wear it at work all winter long. Oof. So, Veronica, not only do you have, like, bags and patches and accessories mm -hmm. and all that, 
But going back to your, your roots in the in, in Renfair and, and clothing, you have a line for men, a line for women, and a clothing line for weddings. Well, line is a strong word. Um, <laughs> I have done <laughs> I have done I don't think so before. because I look at your website then, and I just gonna go, This is cool stuff. <laughs> We have a regular line of stuff that we sell at the fairs, uh, which is sort of a selection, a small selection of the things we've made over the years that we found sell well off the rack. Um, the wedding stuff that we've done has all been very specific by commission. Somebody has come to me and said, I want this kind of wedding dress that I can't find anywhere. Will you make it for me? And then I work with those people to do it. Um, they've all been sort of themed which is not a thing that you can find at David's Bridal. Um, the first wedding I did was for my friends Becca and Martin, and it was a very sort of, like, her dress was this sort of 50s retro-style halter dress, knee-length thing with a red petticoat showing underneath it. Um, and then I made his jacket to match, which was, a, and again, a very tailored sort of slightly old-fashioned, not old-fashioned, but a, but a very vintage-y kind of a look to it. Um... And so they came to me with that very specific idea about what they wanted. I've done another that was more medieval. She wanted a medieval style of dress for her for her wedding, and she didn't want white. So we worked in, like, gold and green silks and just made her a really pretty dress out of it. But to say I have a wedding line <laughs> is not quite accurate. I definitely have well, done them, but it's always been that sort of working with somebody to get what they want specifically. Veronica, here's why I say wedding line. At the very bottom of the page <laughs> for your wedding yes. ensemble, you make a promise to the customer. And I, I love I haven't this. looked at that page in a while. <laughs> it says at the bottom, many businesses will mark up the merchandise and services for yes. wedding customers. We don't. You'll be charged for your purchase based on material and labor with no hidden fees or extra service charges. That is absolutely I mean, that's, true. That's absolutely amazing. It's always bugged me that the minute you go into a bakery, you can go into a bakery and order a cake and, it's, you know, however much that cake costs. And the minute you add the word wedding to it, no changes to the cake at all. And suddenly it costs three times as much. That sort of thing has always bugged me that people are willing to pay through the nose for their wedding. And so many businesses and You're gonna make me areas will right take now. advantage of that. You're going to make me cry right now. In a good way? Yeah, no. And <laughs> <laughs> an I'm getting married way. And you're telling, yeah, when I, we went looking for places for our, our wedding, my husband and I specifically went and said, so we're having a party. What's your price? Can we get that in writing? All right, it's our wedding. Like... <laughs> We made sure to get estimates and prices on food and all that sort of thing for this big party we were having. We did not use the word wedding until we had those sorts of things in, in writing because we didn't want to get hosed. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go vomit, okay? No, you don't. No. Not allowed. You're going to be fine. So, Veronica, for those of our listeners who are going to conventions this year, 
Yeah. Uh, where are you going to be? In the theory, hopefully, I will be at Anime Boston in a couple of weeks. Uh, they actually haven't opened their vendor applications yet as of right now, which is very strange to me and very stressful. Um, uh, after that, I will be at the Connecticut Renaissance Fair, their Robin Hood Fair, which runs for three weekends at the end of May. And then Connecticut, Boston Comic Con, Connecticut Comic Con... What comes after Connecticut Comic Con? I think after that, it's another Connecticut Renaissance Fair. So, and then Rhode Island in November. And then Rhode Island Comic Con and uh, Super Mega Fest. I was like, I know there's something else at the end of the year. <laughs> I so we have a, a busy schedule ahead of us. Yeah. You're, you're, well, you know, you've got an eclectic series of artisan wear. And some really inexpensive, really cute stuff. Some really well-priced, really beautiful stuff. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for joining us. And, and uh, we'll be seeing you, I guess, at Boston in July 31st through August 2nd. Absolutely. Triana, what's happening on the show in the next couple of weeks, my dear? Well, next week, um, we're talking about Once Upon an Apocalypse with editors Scott Godsword and Rachel Kenley. On the 7th, Jim Martin, master puppeteer of Sesame Street and that great space coaster. On the 14th, do I have amnesia? Is this Scott and David Godsword again? It is. And we're no, gonna just talk about Scott. No, it's, it's two of them. They multiplied. The but Godswords multiplied. There's more than one Godsword when you need them. And then, on the 28th, Derek Belanger. We're going to discuss his anthology, A Study in Terror, um, which has to do with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories of fear and the supernatural. But I don't believe those are stories actually written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, but that's a question we'll have to ask him in about a month. I think we will. Sir Sarah. Uh, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con, booze.com and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outdoor music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome. I want to thank our guest tonight, Jessica Bluesty from Generations Beyond, who talked about the collector's kingdom benefit that's going on in Long Island, and Veronica Bailey from Story Threads. I want to thank our cast for joining us tonight and putting up with everything that always happens when we put a show together from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman board, Sumperian. Thank you both, ladies. This just in via the digital tied-up intertubes is that they actually are written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, says the booking monkey. I believe him. <laughs> From your own personal galaxy quest, Sir Sarah, thank you once again, my dear. Thanks, I'm gonna go yell about Haley Apple on the internet now. That's this so different so from sad. what you did last week! I know. Uh, yeah, that's my every week. <laughs> every day. Sarah and Jean, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. 
Good night, everyone.